Good morning, everyone. My name is Teddy Ragsack. You're listening to TED Talk Sports, and this episode is brought to you by Grooming by Diane, the best dog grooming services in the San Fernando Valley. All right, guys, so before I begin this episode, I wanted to give a very, very special thank you um, to my Uncle Mark and Aaron, cousins Nate and Olivia, because as a going away present, as I've mentioned in my previous podcast, so I go to Gonzaga University, um, they gave me a brand new microphone, uh, some headphones to work with, because previously before, I had been using uh, just like either recording it strictly on my iPhone or just like the standard pair of iPhone uh, headphones. So for me, this is this has been pretty awesome. So, I mean, I'm just extremely, extremely grateful and thankful for them and, and for what they've given me. Um, and yeah, so sending a lot of sending a lot of uh, extra love over to them and a very big thank you. Um, so anyways, so what I, what I want to talk about today uh, is fantasy football. Fantasy football is one of my favorite times of the year. I have a lot of fun playing fantasy football. Um, and what I wanted to kind of preface this episode on is that fantasy football is really just it just comes down to luck and it's you know it, it's kind of crappy um if you're someone like myself who spends you know days and weeks and hours of their day you know researching different players and you know different depth charts and stuff like that but at the end of the day it really just comes down to luck i mean there's going to be players that i'm not even going to be talking about that no one's going to be talking about that are going to end up being you know like breakout fantasy football candidates and you you just really don't know you know so i'm you know so like i said it's really it just comes down to luck um and you know a lot of people try to make try to make it seem as if it comes down to a lot of skill and it, it does come down to skill but i'd say it's more so luck because you just really don't know i mean even you you have a projected lineup it could just be something completely different than what you expect so anyways so what i want to talk about is a uh, my list of fantasy football busts with busts being players that are going to underachieve uh, to how people think they're going to, you know, or maybe players with high expectations that I think are going to underachieve this year, um, or generally just some players that there are, there's a lot of question marks about that I'm not going to be taking too many risks on uh, this year in fantasy football. So the first player that I wanted to start this uh, this episode with is Jared Goff, which might come as a surprise because if you know me, I am a very, very big Rams fan. But, you know, Jared Goff, you know, last season he did okay. Uh, not, not okay. He did very well. He had 4,700 yards, 32 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Um, but what, what really worries me about Jared Goff is something that's kind of out of his control. And that, that's the health of Todd Gurley. We don't really know how healthy Todd Gurley is going to be. I mean, and last year, Jared Goff really struggled without Todd Gurley. I think that when Jared... Um, when Todd Gurley was on the field, Goff performed like a Pro Bowl level quarterback, but when Gurley wasn't on the field, he just kind of looked like an average quarterback, so I'm a little worried about that. Also, the Rams, uh, they have a brand new offensive line. Well, I mean, they still have Andrew Whitworth, but they have a lot of different moving pieces in their offensive line. They have, uh, you know, they lost their starting center, John Sullivan. They also lost uh, Roger Saffold. Roger Saffold, I wish he would have resigned. He did really good last year. Um, but you know, you're, they're putting a lot of pressure on the on their second year players to fill in this to, fi- to fill on to fill in their offensive line. So I'm not really sure um, how this offensive line is going to do. There might be some growing pains. So we'll see. So right now, I have Jared Goff. Um, I wouldn't take him until later rounds. If you're in a shallow league, I think Jared Goff has more value as a backup quarterback as a um, QB2 I think he's you have he's, he relies a lot on like good matchups um, you know if he's gonna go up against the Cardinals or something like that at home I think you know he's a he's someone that you could start but I'm not really certain that he's an everyday uh, matchup proof quarterback but 
the next player that I wanted to talk about is uh, Ben Roethlisberger, which, you know, if, if you're a Steelers fan and you're listening to this, I'm sorry, which actually I'm very surprised. Shout out to any of the Steelers fans that are listening to this because I, the, my episode, my preview series for the Steelers actually uh, did very well. So I was surprised at, with how many Steelers fans I have listening to this podcast. But anyways, um, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger last year, uh, there was a lot of good and a lot of bad. He had 5,100 yards, 34 touchdowns, but he turned the ball over a lot with 16 interceptions. And the Steelers, they had a, they have a lot of moving pieces um, in their offense. Now, I'm not even going to talk about Le'Veon Bell because last year uh, Ben Roethlisberger played without him. So I really don't think that um, that's really relevant anymore. But the bigger issue, and I guess the elephant in the room, is Antonio Brown. Uh, Antonio Brown last year had, you know, 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns. In my opinion, he's still the, until he shows otherwise, he's still the best receiver in football. Uh, so, you're, you're, you know, as much of a head case as Antonio Brown is, and believe me, he is a very big head case, um, he's still a phenomenal, phenomenal wide receiver. And you're obviously losing a big talent. Now, the Steelers have Juju Smith-Schuster, who was great last year. Um, but I'm just curious to see how Juju Smith-Schuster is going to perform as the guy in Pittsburgh, as the number one wide receiver, because now, you know, he's going to be guarded by the top, you know, safeties and cornerbacks and what have you in the secondary. And, you know, he's going to get double covered. So I'm curious to see how he's going to perform. He's not going to be able to get the second best matchup, you know, because Antonio Brown was taking a lot of the heat from these secondaries. You know, if you if you had to pick between Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster, um, you'd rather have, you know, you try to have Juju beat you, which it turns out he would, he could. Juju Smith-Schuster was beating the um, the second best cornerback, but I'm curious to see if, you know, you put someone like, I don't know, I can't think of anyone right now, but like Patrick Peterson or someone like that on Juju Smith-Schuster. I want to see how he's going to perform in that kind of matchup. And then the last thing that worries me with Ben Roethlisberger is his injury history. Uh, he's 37 years old. He's not getting any younger. And he's battled through a lot of injuries. So right now, um, I have Ben Roethlisberger as a QB too. I I wouldn't draft him until way later. Um, yeah, I, I just I'm just not too sold on Ben Roethlisberger. Way too many moving pieces in Pittsburgh for me. Okay, so now to get to some of the running backs. So the first running back that I have to talk about uh, is Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry is someone that made me eat my words because last year I th- I had him as a sleeper. I thought with DeMarco Murray out of Tennessee, I thought Derrick Henry was going to do really well. And on paper, he didn't do bad. And, you know, this is one of those cases where numbers can really be deceiving. So on paper last year, he actually, you know, he put up 12 touchdowns. He rushed for 1,000 yards. But the issue with Derrick Henry was his consistency. Um, He didn't even reach double-digit scoring, like fantasy scoring to be specific. But he didn't reach double-digit scoring for fantasy until week seven. And then obviously he went on this absolute tear from from week 13 onward. But you have to figure, you know, week 13 onward, you know, some of those teams were probably resting um, their first team defense for the playoffs. And, you know, I'm just not really sold. I'm really not sold. And, you know, Derrick Henry's a boomer bust player. But what you really don't want to do, if you're in a PPR league, those of you who don't know, points per reception. If, if you're in a PPR league, you, you can't afford to draft someone like Derrick Henry. You just really can't. Derrick Henry last year in PPR was an absolute nightmare. I mean, he only had 372 yards and one touchdown. You just can't take that kind of chance with him. Uh, and even even in standard formats, he's already a boomer bust kind of player. I have Derrick Henry as a flex position player. Um, obviously, in the deeper league, he could probably be a, a running back uh, RB two. But I'm not really sold on Derrick Henry. I, I think I need to see more consistent weeks from him. 
Um, but you know, look, if, if that's your thing, and then I know a lot of fantasy football owners or players, I guess I should say, yeah, players. I know a lot of fantasy football players that they really just like, they like these boomer bust kind of guys. And for whatever reason it is, like they'd rather have one, like two weeks he scores like two points and then another week he goes off for like 34. You know, some some fantasy owners like that. There's some some fantasy owners like to take that kind of risk, but I don't know. Personally, I don't like to do that kind of risk. Um, so the next player, also a running back that I want to mention is David Johnson. David Johnson being the starting running back for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and he's really talented. He really is, but he is just on an awful, awful team. Uh, last year, he had 940 yards rushing with seven touchdowns. He had 446 yards and three touchdowns through the air. Um, and he's a talented back, but he just doesn't have a lot of help. You know, he really doesn't have that much help in Arizona. And, you know, I, I really don't want to hear this narrative either where, you know, people are saying Kyler Murray is going to go to Arizona and, you know, it's going to be sunshine and rainbows. He's going to lead them to the promised land. And do I think eventually that Kyler Murray could be a Pro Bowl quarterback? Absolutely. You know, Kyler Murray definitely has the talent to do so. But I'm just not necessarily sold on him this year. And that's just, and that's really typical. You know, a lot of rookie quarterbacks have growing pains. They really do. I mean, look at like Josh Rosen, um, who actually didn't do that bad for the Cardinals, but whatever. I'm not going to rant about that. I think I already ranted about that earlier, but uh, you know, Josh Rosen, uh, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, who, you know, these quarterbacks, they are talented, but you know, there's a big jump in talent when you go from the NCAA to the NFL. And I think Kyler Murray is going to experience some of those growing pains. Um, and what really didn't help Kyler Murray is that, you know, the Cardinals really didn't make any significant changes. They didn't really change the offensive line that much. I mean, they got a, a couple rookie wide receivers here and there, uh, but they really didn't do much to help him. And they're essentially putting another rookie quarterback in an environment, in a situation that they had a, pre- that, that, that a rookie quarterback last year struggled with. So I don't think he has enough weapons, but this is going to trickle down and end up hurting David Johnson. So I think that, you know, David Johnson, he's he's a low running back one. I wouldn't take him in the first round. I think second round or after he has more value, but he's for me, he's not a first round player, which is which is crazy to think because in 2016 or 2015, I can't remember, he was a MVP candidate. So, you know, it just kind of happens. So maybe he'll get out of Arizona. Maybe maybe Kyler Murray will impress me. But as of right now, I'm not that impressed. So the next player that I want to talk about is Leonard Fournette. Now, Leonard Fournette, he's a good player, but he just can't seem to stay healthy. He really can't seem to stay healthy. I mean, last season, he missed a lot of the games. He only had 439 yards rushing, five touchdowns, 185 yards receiving, um, and one receiving touchdown. And... You know, even if he is healthy, you know, Leonard Fournette is on an awful, awful Jacksonville Jaguars team. I mean, you they have Nick Foles, and Nick Foles is okay. Um, he obviously, he's one of those players that just has this, like, playoff magic, kind of like Eli Manning. But um, they didn't really get—Nick Foles has no receivers to, to throw to. I mean— there's really no other weapons on the offense besides Leonard Fournette. I think a lot of defenses are just going to simply stack the box. Um, I mean, the Leonard Fournette, I wouldn't take him until like the third or fourth round. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely a flex player. In PPR, you can't draft Leonard Fournette. There's just no way. And in um, standard formats, have him as an RB2. So I'm not really sold on Leonard Fournette. Again, just another one of those cases on a good, with a good player being on a bad team. 
Okay, so next I wanted to talk about um, a wide receiver named AJ Green. And, you know, he's a big name. He's great when he's healthy. But he's just on an awful team. The Cincinnati Bengals are on an awful... There's an awful team. They're, sp they're supposed to be what the Browns were, if that makes sense. So the Because the Browns were really bad for a really long time. So they're supposed to be like the new Browns. Um, maybe it's like some curse in the in the AFC North where one other team just has to be like the worst in the NFL. But anyways, so AJ Green, last year he only played nine games. Uh, he had six touchdowns. But, you know, he's just not the same player that he once was. You know, he's a little bit more injury prone. He's 31 years old now, which is way too old. And wide receiver years, that's wide receiver years. That's wide receiver years are like dog years. You know, it's just <laughs> for some reason, you know, 30 and onward for a wide receiver is like ancient. Unless you're someone like Larry Fitzgerald and you could just you're immortal or, or you know, have access to the fountain of youth or something like that. But anyways, um, the bigger news with A.J. Green is that he suffered an ankle injury uh, this summer and he's projected to return in week three. But I really don't think he's going to be returning in week three. I mean, why, if you're A.J. Green and I don't know if this is a contract year or not for him, but if you're A.J. Green, why would you rush back? week three on a team that's not even going to go anywhere um it just doesn't make any sense i mean further injure yourself it just doesn't make any sense so unless he's totally healthy week three but i mean if there's even a chance like if he even stubs his toe in the morning i don't think he's going to be <laughs> he's going to be returning week three but you know just just to make things easier on you just don't draft anyone from the cincinnati Bengals. just make it really easy on yourself i mean maybe joe mixon maybe joe mixon but I, I, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be atrocious. Just don't do yourself a favor and don't touch anyone, anyone from the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, so the last player, which is actually more so a group of players, is the uh, the wide receiving core for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, now, for some of you guys, this was a little too late because you had your draft before Andrew Luck announced his uh, retirement. But you have to figure, you know, you have you have to have your fantasy football draft as late as possible. Because if you don't have your fantasy football draft as late as possible, you know, things like this can happen. You know, surprise announcements and uh, although that was completely unpredictable, but injuries and stuff like that. I mean, I, I've i had some fantasy football drafts where, you know, it was like the middle of August where we've done it. And then half my players are hurt, you know, because we didn't wait that long. And I know it's exciting. And, you know, for me, the draft is one of the best parts of fantasy football. But, you know, you just got to be you got to have as late as possible. But anyway, so with Andrew Luck retiring, um, you know, they're losing, a, the Colts are losing a Pro Bowl quarterback, and, and then now you're going to have Jacoby Brissett, who Jacoby Brissett's okay, but I wouldn't say he's, you know, going to put up the numbers that Andrew Luck put up, and, you know, without Andrew Luck throwing um, just players, say, like Eric Ebron and T.Y. Hilton, you know, that's really going to hurt. That's really going to hurt their value. Gonna, their value is going to plummet, and it's kind of a shame, too, because players, a player like Eric Ebron, who actually, you know, struggled a lot, I think, in Detroit, and he comes over to Indianapolis and he's able to revive his career. He gets really good chemistry with Andrew Luck, becomes a phenomenal red zone target. And then all of a sudden, you know, Andrew Luck retires, you know, his value just totally plummets. And then T.Y. Hilton, you know, he's, he, he's a number one wide receiver, but I'm just not sold on Jacoby Brissett. I don't think Jacoby Brissett's the kind of quarterback that can make everyone else around him better. But, you know, maybe he'll prove me wrong like Kyler Murray. We'll see. But anyway, so those are my fantasy football busts. I'm also going to be doing a list for fantasy football sleepers. So stay tuned for that. Um, but anyways, guys, yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening. Uh, my name is Teddy Raksak, and this has been TED Talk Sports.